and welcome to episode 36 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we're here to talk to you about the latest and sometimes not so greatest in movies, TV, music, and more. Let's get to the news. Got some casting news on the way. Elizabeth's, Elizabeth Banks's Cocaine Bear has now landed Carrie Russell, Ray Liotta, Alden Ehrenrich. I, I don't know how to say that man's last name. Uh, and O'Shea Jackson and Jesse Tyre Ferguson. This is going to be a com- dramedy comedy based on the bear that got a bag full of cocaine in the forest. I think we talked about it months yeah. ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's now in it's, Kentucky, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it was in Kentucky. There's some funny name, but I can't remember what they named the cocaine bear, like Pablo Escobar or something. I think that was his name. Uh, yeah, no, I, they just named him Cocaine Bear. I, you know, that's that's a pretty good. One. It kind of encapsulates what it's all about. You know, uh, Ray Liotta. He's he's not. I don't know. He he might not be doing it for people these days, but he's still a talented actor. And Carrie Russell's awesome. Uh, O'Shea Jackson. He's coming up, coming up. You know, uh, hasn't really. I don't know if he's done anything crazy yet, you know, to, for right. me to really care enough just by his name alone. But, you know, it's nice to see this cast coming along. I mean, he was, I told you he's pretty good in that Ingrid, Ingrid Goes Out West movie. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, besides the biopic, basically, of his dad, like, that's kind of all he's been in. So, yeah, there's not enough to, no, he dude, just doesn't he was, have enough he was so roles. good in uh, Kong versus Godzilla, right? Or... Maybe he's in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh. The newest one, right? Yeah, With the yeah, Mecha yeah. Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. I think he's in that. Yeah, he's in one of those. He's so good as that random soldier that could take anybody oh, to play. Yeah, so good. So good. So good. Uh, Priceless role. Speaking of Ray Liotta being cast in things, he has been casted alongside Tyrese Gibson and Scott Eastwood on a new thriller called April 29th, 1992. This is going to be a thriller based on the L.A. riots. It is going to be directed by a director named Ariel Vroman. Uh, he directed a crime criminal biopic called The Iceman that I've never seen. I don't know. Uh, the L.A. riots seems like, you know, seems like it's ripe for the movie taking. Uh, I feel like there's I, so many movies about the LA riots. I don't know. I, well, a dramatis, whatever dramatization, dramatization, yes. whatever. Uh, I don't know the. I can't tell you one. Literally, like last year, I believe one came out called like '92, or maybe just LA '92. Oh really? Uh, well, it wasn't big check. enough for me to care about. So okay, well, LA '92 was a documentary in 2017. I swear there was one last year. Documentary. Uh, LA riot movies. Hold on. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, bu- 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 five looks at movies. For, no, that's from 2017. No, no, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hold on. Hold on. So many movies. So well, many. No, there, there's literally like 20 bullets on this wiki article. I'm just sorting by date. Fair out of Compton in 2015 shows the LA rights. No. Uh, Let It Fall Los Angeles is a 2017 documentary. Gook is a 2017 documentary about two. Uh, that's true. Uh, okay, no, well, maybe it's just documentaries. I don't think. Yeah, there, I mean, I I know there are tons of documentaries, and uh, and you know, the, I think the bases have been like covered. You know, whether it's like getting the knowledge out or not. But I don't know if I've ever seen 
you know, uh, Tyrese Gibson play a, a right. civilian involved or a rider involved or whatever, or Ray Liotta, I presume being a cop, because that's kind of Ray Liotta's whole shtick, being whole the tough shtick. guy now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be a gangster, now he plays cops. It's just, it's how it works when you get an older actor or become older as an actor. Okay, on to some new movie TV announcements or just new things being announced. Scarlett Johansson is set to produce and possibly star in an adaptation of Disney theme park ride Tower of Terror. Uh, you know, like Jungle Cruise or Pirates of the Caribbean or there's got to be more than that. Haunted House or Haunted Mansion. Haunted uh, Mansion. Haunted Mansion. There, there's three. Uh there might be one more than that, but, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I, I don't know the lore behind Tower of Terror, so I, I really don't know what a, uh, what a movie would even be about, because, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, I, you know, Pirates, Jungle Cruise, you know, Jungle Cruise, I don't know how you're going to make a Tower of Terror without making a, you know, an actual horror movie or anything. Maybe, maybe they'll do it, like, in a escape room movie, like, that have been coming out. Oh, yeah, that that's a series now did you know that's a series yes unfortunately. they just had a second one in one of the previews the the woman says we're gonna beat the escape room this time is it a sentient thing i you know i wasn't aware of the lore. Uh, i think it's like i think it's like saw i think it's like a weird underground gang cult thing that's gotcha. making people go through trials and Teaching i'm sure this one lesson. well oh, this one it's like the hunger games game of champions thing so it's like everyone who survived an escape room Gets trapped in a new escape room. Saw is an escape room, isn't it? Like, pretty much the, you know... The That's definition. the gist. Especially yep. Saw 2. Well, actually, you know, Saw 1 is literally in one room, so... Saw 2 is more of a warehouse, more of an escape-a-warehouse type situation, but uh, it's kind of interesting to note. But uh, moving on, you know how much we like A24 films, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say that, but then, like, off the top of my head, it's kind of hard to name them all. But uh, I'm always excited when a new one gets announced, such as Lamb, which is going to star Numi Rapace. It's about a childless couple in rural Iceland make an alarming discovery one day in their sheep barn. Blah, blah, blah. Dark stuff happens. It's a horror thriller A24 movie. You know, it's it's. I think it's kind of easy to explain. It'll be directed by a director named Valdemir Johansson who I don't think is that known in America or worldwide. I think it's very much a local director. Um, you know, I, I'm into it. A24, horror. I, I, I can imagine the color palette. You know, uh, it's probably going to be foggy. I bet there's going to be some fog in there. Uh, true, true. Some, you know, some faded, faded dark colors, faded grays and blues, all the, all the like, you know. I'm excited, and Numi Rapace hasn't really been in a ton lately, so it'll be nice to see her back in a leading role like that. And moving on to Zack Snyder's next movie, because both of us are really hyped about it. We Huge love Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Uh, <laughs> his next movie will be Rebel Moon. That will, this will, of course, be a part of Netflix's deal with him. It'll be a Netflix movie, yada yada. Uh, it will follow the residents of a peaceful colony at the edge of a galaxy, struggle against tyrant fascist army named belisarius uh it's sure. just a it's weird I, I i don't know it's weird that they like know the name of the antagonist in the synopsis but whatever 
combat the threat, the colony sends a young woman to gather warriors from neighboring planets, make a last stand. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Zack Snyder, Netflix movie. I'm not excited. I'll probably still watch it. I think that's just Zack Snyder's career at this point for a lot of us. Um, Army of Dead really solidified that for me. So we're just going to move on to talking about Adam McKay's new L.A. Lakers drama miniseries that he is producing. It is going to star the likes of Mike Epps. He is actually going to play Richard Pryor, which... Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. That uh, uh, I think Mike Epps could really do a good Richard Pryor. But continue on, uh, they will have Bo Burnham as Larry Bird, John C. Riley, Jason Isaac, Jason Siegel, and Jillian Jacobs. The cast is pretty big, but those are you know the big names, the recognizable ones. And the fact that Bo Burnham's going to be playing Larry Bird is is definitely well, something. So what happened too when I found this piece of news was I was watching the new Bo Burnham special Inside Out or Inside rather not Inside Out, Inside, um, and I just started like googling him to see like what he'd been up to um, because there was a whole thing like a section of it where he like makes classic Bo Burnham get kind of meta, um, but it, it basically stops and he's like yeah like I haven't been or maybe, no maybe it was like someone talking about it doesn't matter someone was mentioning it was an interview with him or something that uh, he hadn't toured since like 2015 or something. Some like six or seven years um, because he got like horrible yeah, no, that social was in, anxiety being on stage. Or that whatever. was an inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was like, really? Like, uh, obviously it must be true, but that just seems like the timeline must be wrong. Like I felt old and it didn't feel right. So I like looked it up and then, on his wiki page, it was like talking about his filmography, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's been in a couple of movies." And then it said that, and I was like, "What is that? How have I never heard of this? How did I not know that Adam McKay and literally like a million celebrities are doing an L.A. Lakers show, and that Bo Burnham is fucking Larry Bird?" I was like, "This is crazy." Yeah, it this yeah. definitely slipped by my radar. And while I was looking this up, then when you added it to the news, apparently Netflix is going to do an L.A. Lakers sitcom. That's not specifically based on the Lakers, but it's going to be the office life of owning the Lakers. I guess Ted Lasso style, but Lakers kind of. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And it's uh, I think it's Mindy Colling is producing that. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we're getting two Lakers things. I, you know, I don't know. It's kind of weird. And they both flew under the radar a bit. I mean, I didn't see a ton of news stories when I'm, you know, looking for headlines and picking through. I just completely missed it but uh yeah moving on to some reboots and some sequel news i decided to organize them for once because we get a lot of reboots and sequels these days so they're gonna get their own section uh night of the living dead is to get an animated adaptation warner bros used the word adaptation and that's a really good way to say reboot you know Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's brand new innovation from them because, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not I'm not rebooting this movie. I'm adapting this to modern audiences. It's it's totally different. <laughs> I think that's such a good way to frame it. Um, I can't wait for, you know, the Lord of the Rings adaptation, the next adaptation. You know, not the reboot, not the next reboot. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I like the wording. Night of the Living Dead to get an animated adaptation. Uh, it's going to star Josh DeHamel and Katie Sackhoff because... I don't know, two very not not A-listers, uh, you know, not not 
not everyone knows these two people, but yeah, they will be voicing two of the main characters. I'm curious about this because I think Romero movies have a sense of cheesiness and corniness. Well, Night of the Living Dead is actually one of the few that doesn't. Um, but Romero movies have that feel that, you know, some people love, some people don't. I think animated would really suit that style. That way you could get rid of the actual corniness and... I don't know. I, I think there's there's like room to do more weird things without it being too unrealistic and campy. Sorry, campy might be the the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, camp, camp is probably the word. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think animated could uh, it could it could tone that camp down, which I'd actually appreciate. Uh, talking about the next or the newest Friday movie, apparently Ice Cube and. I want to say it's Warner Bros. Yes, Ice Cube and Warner Bros. aren't getting along too well. Uh, These guys don't get me. I don't get them was a quote from Ice Cube. And then Warner Bros. said Ice Cube was too focused on his uh, 3v3, his big three basketball situation. It wasn't focused on Friday. And he was trying to get the rights to Friday, even though Warner Bros. produced it. So there's a lot of things going on. And I think you can just summarize this piece of news as the next Friday movie might not come out for a minute. Uh, yeah. Until someone gets paid or someone, you know, gets a different negotiation, nego- negotiates a different deal. I don't think we're going to see a next Friday movie for a while because this one was supposed to be called The Last Friday, I think, or I believe. Um, yeah, it was in production as you know, as recently as last year, I guess that's come to a halt. COVID, who knows? Uh, behind the scenes drama like this. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't expect a new Friday movie in case you were waiting for it. Yeah, sent from what the last one, which was two thousand two. Yeah, I actually don't know when the last one was. Uh, that sounds about right. That'd be Friday's ninety five. Hold right. on, scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, next Friday was two thousand, and Friday after next. 2002 nice nice Good but there. but if you follow all the friday lore you would know that there was a friday animated series in 2007 oh my god now is that a continuation of the lore oh you know that, you know it is or is you that an adaptation is. of the friday uh, lore? i believe it's a continuation craig jones same main character but different people playing them oh you know that could there could be something there actually as long as the art style is like not too ugly uh I have no idea what it looks like, but it is adult animated comedy. All right, moving on to news about Paddington 3. Uh, It's been in production a while, but then COVID, yada, yada. Talked about that a billion times. Uh, It's delayed its production. It's finally going to start shooting this year, but a little more news has come out, and apparently this is going to try to kickstart a Paddington franchise. Why? I don't know. Money? Who cares? Uh, I didn't realize you could start a franchise with the third movie. I thought, you know, once you got to the third, you're a a franchise. I thought that's how that worked. Uh, That is how it works? I guess not. Not to studios. Not to Hollywood studios. It's just not how the numbers work, Mason. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But it is being shot this year and presumably will come out in 2022 um i guess we need to see the second one between then or between now and then so we can catch up and uh, fully appreciate it 
But yeah, moving on to some TV renewals and cancellations. HBO has canceled Lovecraft Country after one whole season. Uh, Lovecraft Country was, it was kind of, I mean, it was Lovecraft. Right. But it like was, I only watched two or three episodes and it really wasn't catching me. Uh, I had someone tell me, oh, the second half is, of that show is bad. So it's weird that I wasn't even caught in the first half. You know, maybe maybe that makes the second half good in a way. I don't know. Um, apparently not good enough to be renewed, though, which is, you know, I, I guess I don't really care. But it's kind of sad that HBO Max's, you know, original series just gets canceled like that. Could have been too big of a budget. Who knows? Just not enough people watched that. it, you know. Probably too big of a budget. Well, hopefully it's not a Jupiter's legacy. Hopefully it's never oh a Jupiter's it's legacy. It's to cancel. <laughs> well, yeah. Lovecraft Country didn't cost $200 million. So so they gave it, you know, I don't know, months to cancel it. It's been, it's been out for a while, right? Well, it's been a little bit, for sure. Maybe. Actually, yeah, I couldn't even tell you. Let's see Lovecraft Country. When did it come out? Um. It's been a while, actually, now that I'm thinking about uh, it. It's a year in August. Jesus, and they just now canceled. I don't understand TV. I don't understand how these things work. <laughs> uh, whatever. But yeah, obviously, it, it is Lovecraftian just by nature if the name didn't give it away, but I haven't actually got a chance to really watch it. I watched I just those know first two it. episodes. I don't know, man. It, sure. Uh, maybe maybe it gets more Lovecraft as, you know, I watched the third episode, and it still wasn't Lovecraft. It was Ghosts. I think the third episode's more ghosts, so ghosts. not really what I assume is quote-unquote Lovecraftian, but moving on, uh, comedian Jeff Garland was talking in some interview this week and said Larry David has one last season of Curb in him, so it's not exactly confirmation, but it's a nice confirmation to myself that we're going to get one more season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, which is always appreciated. That last new season was pretty damn good, and you know I, I I'll, I'll I'll watch the new season without even thinking about it. Can't even I know I said this earlier to you, but I can't even remember if I finished that last season of Curb. Well, you should because it's funny. I couldn't tell you which episodes were which. Uh, I think that's the key to Curb, though. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't tell you which episodes which. But you know they're the exact same plot points, the exact same beats. Yep. I. Oh wait, that's weird. Totally. Is that how the last season ended with the spite store? Yeah. No. Wasn't that the season before? That's what I thought. Is it not on HBO Max? Uh. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to cause some dead air right now as we try to think whether Curb ended with that episode or not. Curb. Spite Store. Yeah. Season 10, episode 10, Spite Store aired March 2020. I don't know. I guess that's how that ended. I don't know. Sure. I can't argue with that, so... I feel like the Spite Store was opened in the season I saw last. Yeah, I... Same. Whatever. Moving on. I'm so confused. 
Uh, moving on to some cancellations. Netflix has canceled Kevin James's The Crew and Gabriel Iglesias's Mr. Iglesias. Both are sitcoms that were hard to watch. Uh, That's true. I, I'm sure these sitcoms had their fan bases, but you guys didn't care enough. I just want you to know, if you're out there and you're listening to this, you didn't care your enough. Fault. You it's didn't your fault. You didn't want to know. It is 100% your fault. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of The Crew, Kevin James' The Crew. but it I'd was, heard it, but didn't know anything in particular. It was a shitty sitcom based on a NASCAR pit crew. And that's really all you need to know. It was officially licensed by NASCAR and everything. Uh, yeah. NASCAR official. Wow. Yeah, so that's all you need to know. Uh, last piece of news we got here. It's kind of kind of weird, kind of kind of etc. Uh, Chris Melendondry, who is a producer and CEO of the studio Illumination or Illumination Studios, which is creators of Despicable Minions. Me, Minions, yeah, all that all that good stuff. He has officially joined Nintendo's board of directors to transition Nintendo's properties and projects into an animated movie form. Um, one, oh. listen, one, I really like the fact that Nintendo is more open to this. That's cool. Animated Mario movie. That's sweet. You know, I'd, I'd kill for that. I'd, yeah, I can already imagine the animation on mine, you know, it looks good. But... I hate what this guy and his company has done to animated movies. They've just become so boring and dull now. Uh, it, it seems as though they need just like X amount of things or they need to hit a checklist or else you're not going to be a popular animated movie these days. And this studio, Illumination Studios, I think has single-handedly been the cause of that uh, with the way they just do their thing, do their formula, you know, put in the numbers, get the Despicable Me 3 out, you, you know, you get right, it. Right, right. But, um, right. yeah, that was the, the way one. everything is just pipelined into a franchise kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. specifically marketed to sell toys and everything else, yeah. Yep, big action sequences at the end, because why not? Because you have to, uh, even if it's not an action movie, a la Scoob. Uh, you know, it just, it, it's great. It's a good time. <laughs> It's a good time, but that was the last piece of news. We want to move on to album releases. Yeah, I guess I'll start with the uh, unfortunate news that I'm going to take full credit. It's not Lana's fault. It's my fault. I overhyped it. Uh, I should have known better. Um, this motherfucker postpones her album that was supposed to drop uh, whatever, last week, last Friday. Um she made a post on social media and was basically like, yeah, it's actually just not done. Uh, surprise. <laughs> I think it's supposed to come out on the 4th of July, which was Sunday. Um, Did she use the actual on... phrasing or, uh, yes, the quotes I'm about to say. Yes. Uh, she made the post on Saturday night and she was like, Hey, sorry. The album's delayed until, um, later, later, <laughs> but the single will be out soon ish. <laughs> so, and then she teased the singles like, um, you know, cover art or whatever. What was her reason for the delay, though? Like, what was her wording? It, 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 the, there was no specific reasoning oh. side, just that it wasn't done. Oh. Um, I don't know if that means that the uh, studio, or not the studio, what's the term I'm looking for? The um, company that 
people are signed to the label. I don't know if the label had more changes I to think make. Studio or works. I think you could have said studio. Head but... producer. No, because studio is more movie. Ah, uh, you know, potato, potato. Label is music, but I mean, it's the same problems and hurdles. It's just a different name. Um, yeah, or I'm not sure if it's the producer. I'm not sure if she had things she wanted to touch up on. She didn't really go into specifics, but she said later, later. Um, so I'm assuming that's months later, like not anytime soon. Yeah, later, later sounds as though I shouldn't look for it at yeah, all she, for a while. Yeah. And again, I was talking about how quick her turnaround time was, so go figure it now. She's like, <laughs> that was a little bit ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> she she heard the episode. She was, yeah, like, she maybe, was like, maybe John's on yeah, Maybe John's here. right. Maybe John's right. <laughs> you gotta put um, that on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, I need to take a break. I need to step back, assess my life, my whole situation. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we got that. Um, moving on. So wait, wait, week, wait, wait. Talking about delays, weren't we supposed to get an Isaiah Rashad project last month? So you thought? Yeah, uh, that was a good one. He was actually—I was actually on Twitter today, um, just scrolling mindlessly as one does—and he posted something about like, you know, just teasing and being a fucking dickhead but he's like man the album art's so crazy on this like people were telling me not to really go this way but i wanted something that people could like hang up as art and i, I was just like cool bro okay. how about you fucking release the project <laughs> you son of a bitch I, I, you know what let me just find the, if fucking the project's quote. good enough people are gonna hang it up as art you know yeah, that, exactly <laughs> right like what? have you seen the life of pablo's art <laughs> that is not uh. art bro that's a 10-year-old with fucking Photoshop that's like, bro, let me just make a collage. Well, when you told me about the Isaiah Rashad project, I'm pretty sure I said, yeah, right, TD does whatever they want. So right. I just want this exactly. to, this is on record. Uh, TD uh, does whatever they want. Where the fuck, Isaiah Rashad, where are you, son of a bitch? What happened to Luke Skywalker, or Luke Skiwalker? What happened to that dude? Producer that TD signed, and then nothing? Oh! Okay, here it goes. Uh, so it's, I like that the cover really don't tell you nothing. Wanted to do something that could get hung up in a nice part of the crib. Art, they say. Lol. Uh, you ready for this? Just so you can see, and I'll, I'll DM it to you if this doesn't show up. It, it, it won't. Oh, wait. No, actually, I see it. Um, looks like some I'll, fire. Oh, no, it's out of focus now. Yeah, yeah. When you move close, it changed the lighting. Here, I'll send it to you. But it literally is like a crayon drawing of a house on fire that, like, a four-year-old did. Art, dude. He wanted it to be hung up. Oh, I know. I mean, he's memeing, obviously, right? But it's just like, just fucking release this shit, bro. Um, But yeah, so albums this week. Uh, I literally don't know a single one of these people, so I've chosen just three at random to highlight. Uh, Not a single person that we've ever heard of, for sure. Um, so starting with Reggie Snow, R-E-J-J-I-E. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's Reggie, but yeah. Uh, I've heard some of their songs. They've, they have some, I think I have a couple He's, a, he's an players. Irish rapper. Yeah. Okay. I'd never heard of him in my life, but, uh, yeah. Uh, he's got an album coming out called, uh, Ba Ba Black Sheep. Which can only be just straight bars for days. If bar, you're naming bar, it after one of, one of the greatest fucking uh, was that like nursery rhyme of all time? I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can call that a nursery rhyme. But yeah, um, then we've got uh, the Wallflowers. They're wow, an American I, I, rock 
I really don't know any of these people. I thought you were kind of yeah. Joking. No, I was not memeing. There's literally not a goddamn person that you know. Uh, apparently, these people, and this is why I've chosen them because I kind of scrolled through each one. Uh, they've won two Grammy awards for best rock performance and best rock song that back in '98. Nothing. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, which is when rock was at least somewhat popular. You yeah, know? yeah, rock was still there. I mean, there was still rock on the pop radio at that time. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, the Wallflowers. Literally, uh, Jacob Dylan apparently is uh, the lead singer. Totally. Like, I, I just, who the fuck are you, bro? I have no clue. Apparently, he's the son of Bob Dylan. Oh, well. Uh, Automatic Grammy nom, right? I guess. I don't know. But apparently, he's good. And I was like, how have I never heard you have a fucking band? Uh, so that's Wallflowers. Uh, and their new thing is called Exit Wounds. And finally, uh, just because why not, uh, we've got, because we haven't really talked about electric music on this thing, for good reason, it sucks, donkey dick, um, but Food Man, also Takahiti Higuchi, uh, he's a Japanese electronic producer, disc jockey, and painter, who uses the pseudonym Food Man for all of his artistic expression. It's pretty good. It's very and, uh, simple, it gets the point across. Yasurugi Land, something like that, uh, is the name of this project. Just fucking XD. Totally, I'm gonna look that up. Yep, yep. Uh, And I can go on. You know, there's probably like eight more projects that are supposedly coming out this week, but literally just dog shit, nothingness. Uh, So, none of it as far as music goes. Unfortunate about the Lana Del Rey thing. Especially because it was like the big announcement from last week. Like, that was what was supposed to come out. Yep. July 4th. Fucking the Gerbo thing was basically the only other big one. Oh, crap. I forgot to listen to Gerbo. <laughs> uh, you yeah, want to move on? Yep. No, I'm good. What'd you do this week? Anything good? Um. So I, I watched a little bit of stuff. Um. But I'll start with music, actually, because that's easier to get through. Um. So there was a new... Um. And maybe I mentioned it already, but the Division Tandala sign with Mac Miller thing came out. Um, I think you talked about it coming out last week. Like, it hmm. was coming out. Yeah, well, I, I it came out. I listened to it. I also uh, listened to it. I uh, was... Yeah. Uh, I really like it until Matt comes on. Is that just me? Like, the like Max... felt out of place. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, was just, it was just completely out of left field. Like, Division and Ty Dolla Sign go together, like something i actually like other than peanut butter and jelly but they definitely go together like peanut butter jelly uh and then just the mac miller bar that's not even not even like crazy mac miller bar or anything i don't know no i know it's it doesn't even like it feels like some like thrown away line that yep some maybe B-sides. they asked but i i feel like unless this is like a sample clearance thing like this feels like they just like wanted to throw Mac on a song, yeah. and that feels weird. It's weird to uh, me that Division is still making songs. I mean, they've been around for a hot minute, and I don't know. It's, it's crazy that they're still putting out, but good on them, you know? Um, And then uh, this artist, I never know how to say her last name, but Claire Rosencrans, I think. Um, she had a couple popular songs I've mentioned before. She's kind of like an indie pop, famous from TikTok person. Um, and she came out with new songs, pretty good. Boy in a billion. Um, I guess a play on one in a billion. It's not great, but yeah, it's you know. I feel like I feel like mindless pop from a 
you know, high school, early college aged singer, that's what you're going to get. I, mean, um, I listen hey. to Azizi single, bro. Yeah. And I'm sick of talking about him. And I know you're <laughs> sick of talking about him. I was literally just going to mention it and move on. But I can't believe that's the one I happened to listen to for the first time in a while because I'm just, I'm waiting for the album. I'm done spoiling whatever the fuck this thing's going to be. Yeah. Um, but why does this sound like it belongs on the Gold Link album in the bad way? I don't know. Okay. It doesn't have that filter on it. Okay. We're not going to start <laughs> it there. We're going to, we're going to keep that yeah, out of bro. our minds until about yeah, like half an it hour from like now. That. Jesus Christ. Please um, don't mention it. <laughs> But yeah, then I listened to that Big Sean thing, I guess, like, in regard to his, like, anniversary of the fucking, I don't what's understand it called, Finally Famous. It was like, are they like 10 song? songs? Yeah, are they like 10, or not 10 songs, are they just songs that helped get him famous with yeah. one song on it? But, like, not at all, because, um... Because they're not even that big of songs. Yeah, yeah, the first song is a freestyle, and I think that's the new song. And that's actually, it's actually kind of nice. Big Sean being actually introspective for once. It, it's kind of mind-blowing in a way. But uh, that's a nice song. But then it goes on to like Sunday Morning Jetpack, which is yeah. the only Big Sean song I talk about only because it's an awesome title. And it's on there. It's not his most popular song. It's not even his most popular song on that album. That album had Bounce Back. So... I, I, I don't know, bro. I have no <laughs> yeah, clue what... I don't, I don't know. know what it was. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Very um, weird super fucking weird and then of course um megan the stallion had uh that thought shit song come out that song is um, a banger actually that song is insane i think she's super talented because it had, a, it had a little bit of uh it reminded me of old travis scott in a way you know like soundcloud travis scott and i was like oh man i miss those days and i don't know then it mixed up some kind of like west coast just classic boom bop uh, yeah it's a actually a banger well, and the best part for me is that, I mean, a lot of, obviously, rap uses, like, heavy bass or even better, 808s, and this has that fucking, like, dubstep wub, you know, that I think was popular in rap for maybe, like, two years. That's what like, I'm saying, old, old 2013 Star. to 2015, <laughs> yeah. And it, just randomly, you just hear a womp, 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 and you're like, oh my god, my whole body just shook. Like, I do want to throw my ass, Meg, thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, besides that, I really didn't listen to a ton. Um, and then as far as like TV movies go, um, I've continued to watch the bachelorette, uh, which is just a whole mess, but it's, it's bad because I'll get into any kind of, you know, bad reality TV. I'm just that kind of person. I mean, grew up on Jersey Shore, like what else can, like nothing else needs to be said, but oh my God, I just like, it's we talked about it last week, but the whole producer spinning you around the car <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, did that really make it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it really, it, it really impacted my view. All the emotional last one for sure. scenes mm -hmm. just had a new layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's funny not to like completely just talk derail a conversation and talk about the Bachelorette for a while, but I can't remember what I mentioned what we're about here it. For is the Bachelorette okay? Right, this is a Bachelorette podcast now. Sorry, boys. Um, so yeah, fucking. Uh, basically, what happened was all the guys like unionized. And got rid of the douchebags. Like, they're all nice guys except for a few. And she's a really wholesome bachelorette. And so they're like, this douchebag's got to go. And we wanted to talk to you about all the shitty shit he's been doing. And they literally, like, <laughs> all together as bros, held hands and kumbaya this fuck, they're out of there. And so the bachelorette was like, all right, see ya. And 
I don't know if the producers didn't like it or they just want to stir up some drama or whatever. So what they did was there's this guy named Blake who apparently has been on three different seasons of The Bachelorette. And so he just joins four episodes, five episodes into this season. And all the dudes, like this episode basically is the first episode with Blake really in it. It's like she, the Bachelorette had to decide yes or no if she wanted to take him on. And so she says yes, of course. Of probably course. got paid $20,000 to say yes. Of course. Um, and lo and fucking behold... All the dudes are sitting there like, we just got rid of some toxic douchebag. Here's this dude who's been on here three seasons and never found love. Like, they're all just sitting there fucking pouty face. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, they all do little interviews, of course. Like, it gets spliced in. And they're like, I just can't believe she would do that. It makes me question our whole relationship. And, like, she's telling everybody that, you know, she really has strong feelings for him. I don't even know what – I don't know what this is about. And it's just like (laughs) – no drama was about to exist because they were all kind of, like, super wholesome guys. It was just going to be, like, cute lovey-dovey shit until she found her man. And so the producer probably – what kind of scumbag shit can we fucking do to this bitch? Ruin her fucking whole time here. This is so yeah, it's just this is like gaslighting the TV show. <laughs> we need a reality show based on the producers of reality shows. Yes, we need to see all the shitty like, details you know they what? go through. And just I would like... even take, I would even take like a like how Mark Wahlberg did Entourage. Like I would take like an Entourage version. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of a, a reality TV show. Kind of, kind of true, but not really. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I'm sure there's real stories embedded in yes. the fictional ones. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, because like I'll, I'll take a reality TV show based on it too, but that might get way too real. You know what I mean? Like it'd be really I don't know what cool kind of sex trafficking, you know, undercover drug cartel we'll shit's gonna you know, be. <laughs> we'll clean that stuff up. They're just regular producers, okay? They're the good kind. Uh, you know, you, you just get <laughs> like such thing. <laughs> You get the the interviews, you know. You know how many thousands of people they probably turned down. Well, we're gonna get the shot of the uh, producer just turning those people down. Just the thousand Classic. interviews from people from you know bumfuck nowhere sending in videos to be on the next whatever you know, uh, too hot to handle, yada yada. Netflix, who cares? I'll oh yeah. It. Um. So yeah, anyway, watch The Bachelorette. That was the long <laughs> <Wait>. story there. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else did I watch? Um, oh, I, I started that We Are The People thing, We The People. Oh, I watched the, it all. You watched it all? You could sit through it? I turned on the first episode, I was like, I get it. I'm good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, it's really bad. It was really bad. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, like I started the second one, the Adam thing. Lambert Bill of Rights thing. Yeah, and the, it was worse. Somehow, we were talking about how it couldn't get worse because Schoolhouse Rock didn't actually teach you anything. They just had catchy songs. This shit didn't even have – the first two songs did not entrance me at all. The art was cool, but I was like – this is like watching a fucking – you know. Like binging with Babish has better fucking production value. <laughs> you know, I was like – and that guy's at least teaching me something. <laughs> this is like – Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I felt like a shitty YouTuber, like a mid-tier YouTuber who's not quite made it there. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix employee uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama they they really yeah. didn't no Netflix producers they really didn't sell me on this thing I watched it all and I really enjoyed what I was trying to do because you know it's modern schoolhouse rock that sounds like a good idea on paper um, it, it really didn't turn out I, I didn't learn anything other than that I should vote. Like, literally, no matter what the episode was about, it would somehow circle back and just be like, well, you need to vote, so it's your fault. You need to vote. And, like, there would be an episode about Dreamers, 
And then it like circled back to, oh, you need to vote. You need to get out there. You need to vote. And it's really weird. I didn't learn anything other than I need to go out and vote. I just based on the first, you know, episode plus a minute of the second episode, you could probably spend the same amount of time about five minutes and watch just the one song from Bo Burnham's Inside with Socko and learn so much more. <laughs> like an insane amount more about you know, the world in 2021 than you could from that, which is just hilarious to me. There was only one good song or one actually educational song. And it was a, it was a song based on just different laws we have in the country, but the song wasn't educational. It was the video, the animation that literally had random laws just up on the screen. Yeah. Nice. And that's the only information I got from it. So yeah, that tells you everything you need to know, I think classic um Cord, and then i core days one is actually pretty good so formerly yb and corday yeah yeah, yeah. um bu- 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 i assume that's a rap one yeah 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 he he voices a cat or there's cats and it's pretty i i don't know what it's about i don't know but it was pretty solid wait i don't even see one with him in it oh yes i do taxes taxes yeah that's pretty good one. it's probably the only one you um, care about but yeah, then we were talking about it last week, but I hadn't watched the episode, so I at least watched the one episode, and it's intrigued me to watch more, um, but I've yet to do that, um, about the This Is Pop auto-tune episode with T-Pain. Oh, talking crap, about I them. totally forgot, yeah. Yeah, Usher shits on him, basically. Uh, really good, actually. Really interesting. Um, I had no idea anything about auto-tune, really, and I did know that T-Pain was a meme and then blew up and re-became the good T-Pain. Um, but... Or, you know, he didn't change at all, but our perception of him changed. Right. And I kind of knew the points that it happened, but I wasn't sure if those were the real points, and it turns out they were. Uh, but yeah, just like the inventor of autotune. She's like a fucking seismologist or whatever, like a fucking earth science dude. Yeah, like it's cool. just so random. Yeah, yeah cool. it was really interesting. It was really interesting. So, um, and some of the episodes seem cool, but I, I just, I'm not sure. The title, This Is Pop, is that... It's pop music, by, but it's right, right, right. no, no, no. I'm saying like, is that uh, is that produced by CNN because they did this is the '80s or whatever, or they did? The, oh, I know. Series? Yeah, I know. What you're I don't think so. So I was, but I, I didn't I was just wondering. Pay attention to the opening credits that much. Okay. Sounds interesting. Uh, no, no, it's it's pretty good. And again, there's random ass up. Like, there's an episode about fest music festivals, episodes about musical protest, episodes about fucking Swedish, you know trajectory and pop totally. abba and ace of bass and max martin and the like um there's a boys to men episode the first episode but again all the ones i think the second or third one so i just kind of didn't catch up to it i don't know enough about um, boys to men <laughs> i'm gonna admit on the you podcast don't, <laughs> you don't know enough about boys i to don't men? know enough about boys to men i feel like they're so, you know they're in the zeitgeist you know i know their name i've heard their name a thousand times but i don't i don't know if i've just sat down and listened to the boys to men album uh I feel like the first time I knew that a song was a boys to men song was um, from It's Always Sunny. Oh, you know, oh, where they do yeah, the boys yeah, to men no, thing. I know, I know. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's go back to TV for a sec. Oh, Dave. I caught up on Dave and now there's another new episode I got to go watch. But um, that's why you just wait, baby. That's why you just wait. It's it's good. And I'm just telling you, bro, you need to you should watch it. You should catch up. I'm just um, gonna wait till the season's over. It worked out just fine last well, year. I know, but I know, but you were saying Loki. You wanted to wait till there was like one episode left. I'm telling you, I did. season 
one has 10 episodes and season two is already on episode five. So you're, you know, almost halfway through second season by the time you've, you know, binged it all up. You've convinced me. I'm going to wait three weeks. I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, And then finally, I watched that Tomorrow War movie. Oh, wow. Why? Um, I watched it at my dad's. Oh, Um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know how bad <laughs> I thought it was going to be excuse me awful oh maybe that's the only reason you liked it I didn't even like it oh, but it wasn't okay. it wasn't egregious it wasn't horrible like it's totally watchable and again that's a very much more pleasurable viewing experience than even a couch like obviously it's got a fucking movie theater room like it, it's bound to be good but I don't know, like, it wasn't even, like, the acting wasn't particularly bad, but, like, it was randomly funny, which threw me off. Mm. Like, the comedic relief was, like, actually really funny. Um, and the plot wasn't super trivial like I thought it was going to be. Um, they did do a little bit of the, here's some science words of to course. figure I out. Mean, science, they have to. Because John, they science. have to. And that, no, they don't. We've proven it. They have okay? to. <laughs> the best sci-fi movies don't do that. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, the other problem was like a lot of the drama, a lot of the reason that you were supposed to be getting attached to characters was like eye gougingly, painfully written, like just so bad. Oh. Um, so on the whole, it you know, it averaged out to be maybe a five and a half, six. Like it's watchable. I would not recommend it, but if you got nothing better to do, you should turn it on. Keep expectations um, low, though. Yes. Oh, yes. Keep it. Keep it low. Uh, How's the action? It, the action's good, actually. Um, and all, all the CG and everything looks really good. Like, it looks like a... You could have told me that that was, like, an Independence Day-level amount of money that they poured into that thing. It was a real movie before Amazon bought it. Um, And I also feel like it surprisingly is paced really well because it's actually a long-ass movie. It's, like, 2 hours, 20 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. But it feels like maybe hour 45. That's like, nice. it feels a little bit yeah. longer than a normal movie, but it's not... At no point was I like, Jesus Christ, get on. The movie feels like, shorter than it is. That's a like that's a great thing. I, I, like actually, you know, not to uh, diminish yeah, I mean, the movie's badness, but it's actually really nice. Again, and the only parts where you could maybe make an argument that it was going on too much was just like random exposition about a character that like not had no meaning, but you already knew. Like, because mm. I don't know, if, you know, I'm not even gonna spoil any. Are you ever gonna watch it? Because I don't want to spoil. I might, you know, you know, that sounds like me. Just <laughs> watch it someday. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll leave it in the air. But obviously, they go to the future, and there's a lot of implications with that. Um, and gas prices you know, you, are eighteen dollars. <laughs> but just like you know, characters of importance later, you immediately just go, oh, okay, that totally makes sense, right. and. Then they'll, like, after they've already shown you who the person is, are, like, talking to you about, like, for another 15 minutes, establishing these people's relationship with each other. And you're like, we know their relationship with each other. You told us 15 minutes ago, bro. So, yeah, there's, like, a lot of what was supposed to be heartfelt dialogue or emotional dialogue that felt a lot more like, where are these fucking aliens coming to eat your ass? And why are we not talking about that? (laughs) You know? Like they're working on a cure or a toxin thing to wipe out the aliens, and they're like, "Have this, have this like ten minute dialogue scene," and you're like, "Figure out the cure, <laughs> motherfuckers! You're pressed for time here." <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Uh, besides that, that's all I watched. I think. 
Okay. Uh, I'll do music because it's really quick. Oh, uh, and Bo oh. Burnham's inside, but I mentioned it several times. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll do music really quick. Um, song called Movin' by Blue Stabe. But it's featuring Mick Jenkins. That's why I listen to it. I don't know who Blue Stabe, Blue Stab is. It's S-T-A-E-B. Stabe. Stabe. Blue Stabe. Uh, Happy Stabe. I guess. Uh, not that good, actually. It's Mick Jenkins. Him specifically Mick Jenkins, or the song? The song. Yeah the song uh it's it's very i don't know even for a mick jenkins song it's kind of generic it's kind of weird uh i feel like i've heard it before even though it's literally not his producer or you know uh it's a separate artist and then i listened to a project called bright green field by a band called squid mm. very unique I listened very, to both the songs actually that you posted but i wanted to let you rip those off very unique i don't know if I really like it or really don't. It's 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 kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I I can't find myself loving the songs, but I did repeat the album a couple times. So it, it, it just brings something to the table that other bands don't. And yeah, I'm not I sure feel if like it's good or bad. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things where you'd say it's good tripping music, quote unquote. But I don't think in uh, the sense that it would make your trip good. Oh, in the would. sense that like what an experience that would be like on a trip. Oh, you know? sure, yeah. It'd like, be torturous. That's like some, yeah, that's, like, that's third, some crazy, weird shit. The third track literally ends with uh, the featured singer, woman singer, just screaming bloody murder. So if that, if that tells you anything <laughs> about the album, uh, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Got a good song called like Documentary Filmmaker. That one's good. GSK, yada, yada. Moving on to what I watch, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. That was awesome, man. That was so good. Uh, I literally, I made this quote, you know, so attribute it to me from now on in the future, and now I actually have a record to go back on, because I've said this multiple times, and I'm not getting fucking B-node on this one. Um, but if someone, because obviously, you know, we have to live long enough, and the planet has to not blow up, so fingers crossed. But if we live long enough to the point where I have to talk to children and or, you know, young adults who'd never got to live through the pandemic and ask what it was like, I'll just be like, let's sit down for an hour and have, let's just watch this thing. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that is possibly the best summary of what life has been like for the last, like, year and a half. And it's so good. Yeah, like, I, it's I so it tremendously good. I, I, you know, I didn't care if the songs were just, let me, let me go back and say that, Bo Burnham's humor is not my favorite thing in the world. It's, it's you know, it's music humor, blah, blah, blah. Weird Al's been doing it for literally half a fucking century. Um, moving on, the way he's introspective in this one just turns that, turns it up a notch. Turns that humor into a, you know, very self-aware or even more self-aware than music humor already is because I, I, I think that as a genre is pretty self-aware but uh i don't know uh just all the introspective stuff and kind of his psychology in a weird way uh did you good stuff did you only ever listen to his like youtube stuff or have you watched other specials of his i watched the specials i feel like his specials are usually introspective maybe not all the time but i just don't think they hit this mark with me you know uh well i think now he's hitting common ground amongst many people you know, like it's super easy to be 
introspective and relatable in a time that we all have just lived through. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, he nailed it. He, he really did. Uh, then I watched a very shitty movie called Cradle to the Grave, starring Jet Li and DMX. Yeah, uh, bad movie. Don't watch it. Bad movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's got to be the best movie of all time. No, 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 no. It's 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 not because it's it's trying so hard to be you know a John Woo film, and it's right. just it's so not. Is there a? Did you just look it up? Is there a director on there? Yeah, on uh, Andres Bartuak. Okay, okay, yeah. I I don't know what that man did, but uh, really bad. I mean, it's like he shot for shot just copied some John Woo things. Uh, um, so. In order from things he's directed, he was a cinematographer for a long time. But as a director, he did Romeo Must Die, Exit Wounds, Cradle to the Grave, Doom, the 2005 one. Oh, man, with The Rock, man. <laughs> what a guy. Um, he got the Doom movie from this movie. That's actually even more mind-blowing than the Doom movie being made itself. The fact uh, that they saw Cradle to the Grave and they, they go, this is the guy we want for our Doom movie. No, it gets better. He did Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. No way. No fucking way. I saw that in theaters. I had to go out of town because the local theaters were not playing that movie. Uh, Hunter from last week, our guest from last week, Kim and I went to see that way back when. Wow. Uh, and then he did two straight-to-on-demand movies. Uh, in the last three years. Man, that's so. that's amazing. Uh, Legend of Chun-Li had uh, a Black Eyed Pea, one of the Black Eyed Peas as a video game character, so I think that tells you enough. Uh, Cradle to the Grave, bad. It's like a John Woo film, but worse, because John Woo can make bad films. Uh, Mission Impossible 2. It, it, it's like if Mission Impossible 2 was worse. I think that's a better way to frame it. And last thing I watched was Loki. Mm, you finally did it at all? Uh, uh, I'm not going to watch it, so feel free, spoiler warning if you want, but uh, just tell me all about it. I really like it. Like, I, wow, it's, you, Oh, god damn it. Do I have to watch it? It's really... I don't know if you'd like it, though. Because the reasons I like it is that it's just kind of weird. Just, just weird. It's not... It doesn't feel MCU. The only thing MCU, really, uh, is the camera work and, you know, the, the score... You know, the things you can probably not get away from when you're making an MCU project. Um, it's, I don't know, I mean, there's something about it I really like to the point that it's better than a lot of MCU movies. Like, this is, Loki will be up there with top MCU stuff that I enjoy. Uh, oh, I'm pissed off. Owen Wilson kills it. it. Yeah. He, he kills it. It does well, some very interesting things. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> TVA bullshit. Yeah, I was no, wondering. All that stuff I've been really seeing cool. all kinds of stuff about TVA, but I didn't realize that's from fucking Loki. Yeah, um, all that stuff is cool. The reveals are cool. Some of the things it tries to do are just really cool. Maybe even a little over ambitious, but there's still an episode left, though, isn't there? Yeah, it? there's just one more uh, next Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, the last episode was really good. Episode before that was pretty damn good. I don't like reviewing shows based off episodes, so you know, I like to kind of group them up. Uh, right, the whole thing. Yeah, unless an episode is really good or really bad. But overall, these five episodes really good, uh, especially for MCU. It's way better than WandaVision and uh, 
Falcon Winter really? Soldier. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is even no like Wandavision. You know, episodes one through three, where it's just kind of making fun of sitcoms and not Marvelly. It's kind of like that, but the whole season. Like, it still hasn't really gotten that boring MCU formula yet. It, it, it's close. You know, it's there. I, I think the last episode, it'll it'll pretty much be... Because uh, they got to tie it back in somehow. Yeah, yeah it's got to be adjacent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, really good. I, I really like it. They've had the character evolve in, like, a very uh, uh, fluid and non-contrived way, very natural way. Uh what would you say the um hmm. what would you say your favorite MCU thing is then if this is up there uh well i mean obviously movies but uh one oh, yeah. but uh like guardians 1 um uh, cap 2 iron man 1 uh it's up there like with those three you know, not, oh, not top-of-the-line TV. This isn't mind-blowing. But if you've kept up with the MCU and you know, you know, the gist or the majority of the MCU plots, it's really damn good. I, I doubt a non-MCU fan would care for it at all. At all. <laughs> but it's it's really good for what it does. And its aesthetic is really cool. The TVA has this very retro 70s. So it's like future 70s. That's It's really, really cool looking. But uh, yeah, that's all I did. Move on to the reviews, I guess. Um, I suppose. Fortunately, can we do the album first, please? You can do whatever you want first. I don't give a fuck this week. <laughs> it's got to be album first for me because I want to spend five minutes talking about this at best. Um. So can oh, I can me... I start my somewhat positive statement off? Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna start positive and then just rip it in asshole, but feel free. You, you, okay. You begin. Um, I really, really, really love what's underneath this album <laughs> um, as in the production specifically no no i mean like like every what's underneath his fucking idea to do the cell phone just rip the band-aid off his gold link decided to do a cell phone uh i don't know what to call it i don't know what to call it cell phone filter uh where it's just I, kind I, of low I, quality I, filter i was gonna say it sounds literally like what maybe people did like do you remember like real early like maybe sixth seventh grade like downloading mixtapes off of fucking like before even dat piff was dat piff it was just like random fucking yeah. shit off Lime the internet um, yeah yeah um it sounds like well like some small rapper recording like in a moving vehicle with one of the windows down yeah on their phone <laughs> and you're like bro don't you have like a studio you could be in so I don't have to hear this like ambient noise and this literal like phone call style conversation on your voice. Like it's really just so grating to the ears. If you want to keep going, so beneath I that mean, you I like mean, it. Beneath like, that you like it. Yeah, I, I swear to God, I swear to whatever you can swear on that. If he took that filter off and literally just re-recorded the lines, but took the filter off, this would be a fantastic album. I swear, I. I it's in my i feel it in my bones that this is a good album underneath but you gotta you gotta send that to somebody who does music or something tell him to just change man. his vocals filter his vocals back so bad it ruined every single song he did it on and he only did he only not did it once or twice i'm like yeah i 
that's how I was going to start off. There are two songs on this that sound completely distinct, sonically, and it's because he decided to record these in a studio as opposed to in a moving vehicle with one window down. Like, it's so bad. Um, and specifically, those are the Flo Millie songs, which, ugh, Flo Millie, but, you know, it is what it is. I actually really um, like that uh, uh, Raindrops Flo Millie song. Oh, I mean, yeah, other than his shitty filter. Or did he even filter on that one? No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's okay. why I like that song. That's why I like that song. Um, and uh, then the final song, Cindy's Daughter with B.B. Borelli? 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 I don't know. I, I had I had three songs that I liked, and like even they had filters, so I put parentheses, no filter. But like I had three songs I liked, and the rest can go in the garbage. I'm sorry, Goldlink. I, this is coming from a Goldlink fan, you know. I I think that's what makes it even more depressing, is that my critiques with Goldlink since he since he started really is that he's a little too. He's a little too keen on the wordplay, a little too, oh, I'm a rapper first, and then I'll move on to the hooks, or then I'll be a hip-hop artist. Uh, And he finally, he finally simplifies it. He finally has hooks, and he finally does what I've been asking. And then he does this. And then, boom. Why, man? I... uh, If these songs were not on the same project, and it was just, oh, this one song with a filter is on another project, and this one song's on a project, these would probably be okay songs. But after listening for 35 minutes, back to back to back to back to back, of just filtered garbage, um, that are only, only enjoyable because of the, uh, the features. The features are literally what make this album, because Goldlink did not, um... I don't know, man. It's such a goddamn disappointment. That's what this is. Goddamn disappointment. Yep. Uh, I, I I like the song. Uh, hold on. Twin raindrops and Evian or Evian. Uh, but two of those had filters on it, so they're pretty garbage. <laughs> did you listen to? Did you go to Bonnaroo 2016? Mm, with Goldlink. With Goldlink. Yeah, I saw Goldlink. Yeah. I just I feel like that was when I remember liking Goldlink, and then I haven't listened to Goldlink like since then. Really, I've, I've liked much. every project the man's put out. Maybe not like the best projects, but I think they've all been pretty solid listens until just now, until this week. Uh, he ruined that record he had going with me. I I don't know yeah. what else to say about this. I feel like this is as succinct as we can be with this album, because yeah, like oh. it's just it's just disappointing. Obviously, because he clearly is a very talented rapper very who we both talented. have at least liked in the past. But also just, like, it was borderline unlist. Like, I was so distracted half the time. Like, I wasn't making out words he was saying. I wasn't nope. listening to a song. I was like, please let this end. Please let this end. Please let this end. Um, and, yeah, as a result, yeah, the two songs that happened to be novelties in that regard were good. Um, and had good features. Like, and there's arguably too many features and arguably too many songs like it's a pretty fucking short album for how many songs it is um but eh, you know that, that's not all, all those are not problems in the face of the egregious one which is whatever the fuck he was doing with his voice which is just uncalled for i need to, i need to know how this fit with his weird ass theme of having a fetus on the album cover i, I need to know a fetus- like a fetus um, on fire, as a matter of fact. On fire, uh, in a TV aquarium, in a bucket, and it's plugged in. So, 
you know i'm sure there's got to be like a whole visual component to this album but like when you play a song on your phone on spotify i can't even imagine how bad these songs sound on well, like, bad well, speakers like, well no just like that uh oh. they do like these like animations right, now right, right, right. uh and one of them is the album art but the baby's actually just on fire whoa dude whoa um yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to know Goldlink's thoughts on this album, what he was trying to do, what he was trying to accomplish, and how he missed that mark, and how his fans <laughs> probably don't care about this album. Uh, I can't wait. Although, weirdly, I looked at the numbers, and it seems like streaming numbers are actually pretty okay compared to Goldlink releases. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, compared to Goldlink releases. Does he really releases, get that few plays? No way. Yeah, a couple his hundred His last thousand? 2019 album, his 2019 album... He- most songs have millions of plays. That's just because it had the crew song. That's just because it had an amazing single. Oh, wait, no, that's the one before that, actually. Huh. I don't know. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, Bad album. Do you want to give it a score? I feel like it's hard to give this one a score because there's a, there's layers to this. You know, yeah, there's like the, disappointment. Yeah, with, him, with, with him without the filter. Yeah, I feel like off the top of my head, if someone said write this album right now, gun to my head, I would go at best yep um but that's like as is i'm sure if i heard the version that should have come out yeah it could be high like i don't know even a solid yeah as you say seven and a half like could be fair but i genuinely won't know and even if someone went through the work to do that i don't know that i would take the time to listen to it because of how bad of a taste this left in my mouth yeah i mean everything's there like everything's there the production's there there's some there's good features. Honestly, you know what? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine to go as low as a four. I don't know what else we've. I can't remember in the history of this show what our lowest is. We'll have to go back and actually. I had a five, so we can do out. four or five if you want. We can. Yeah. I'm I'm totally yeah. happy. Golden Link, you've done this to yourself. I I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any other day, I wouldn't be happy about your album getting a four or five. But this one, four or five. That's pretty low, yeah. I think, for an album that we've uh, reviewed. No, I think that might be like up there with the lowest. Like I guess Good. if you average our what's the, <laughs> like, was it snarky puppy or whatever I feel oh, like me and you yeah. gave that one real yeah. low but then Lane had inflated it so whatever yeah um, it, the average didn't work out bad album bad if you want to move on to this movie I guess I guess yes yeah, so then we have Into the Heights the uh, musical movie adaptation of a musical by Lemon Miranda Wait, is it Into Hamilton. the Heights or In the Heights. Oh, it's in the heights. I keep saying into the heights. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought I'd just gotten the whole title wrong this whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. It's in the heights for sure. Um, so obviously, it takes place in Washington Heights. Uh, it's set, you know, today ish. Um, probably more so like pre twenty twenty than post twenty twenty. But yeah, in the heights. Uh, Lemon Mel Miranda, Washington Heights movie based on his freaking play by the same name. Um or his musical by the same name kind of takes place modern time, but also kind of not like probably pre 2020. Um, but you know, Hispanic immigrant story in Cal or California, Jesus Christ, New York city. Um, but done as a musical and done is like a weird, he wanted to see what kind of live action Disney fuckery he could do almost like there was that whole, it's like the ballad, you know, the love ballad with the girl who came back from college and dude who, like, runs the cab company but isn't her dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those the, two people, when they're doing their, like, walk the on the side of the building. Yeah, they do, like, they walk aside. And so they do, like, cool. the, 
They do like the Disney hand art and draw shit with their hands. The the walking on the side of the building was so cool, but it, it, it didn't. It, it, <laughs> it didn't say. I can't tell if you're actually meaning so cool. No, or I, I think it was. I, I think that was a really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that trick has been used before in other movies, but I was. I'm I literally going to flame it. you. I'm pretty sure, and maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was someone else, but I think it was you who fucking shat on the same concept that was done in La La Land when they're in the fucking mm. uh, conservatory. Oh, the conservatory scene kind of sucked, okay? Fuck you, it's the same gimmick! <laughs> yeah, All but that sudden, fell out of place. The gravity place. doesn't... No, he blah, 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 okay. <laughs> Let's just keep going. You just got warmed up from the better movie. This and movie... Oh, oh, no, this movie, 100%, I was gonna open up with, this has made me appreciate La La Land in a different light. Uh, <laughs> because La La Land, while, while I did not... Um, I don't know, appreciate a lot of the songs. You know, I don't think I took any of the songs, you know, with me after the mm-hmm. movie. But at least there was a movie underneath. Holy shit. I just, I, I'll get to the movie and then, because I don't like, uh, I'll preface by saying, you know, I'm not a musical guy. So, like, if you like musicals and you want to hear my review of this movie, don't keep listening because it's not going to be, you know, unbiased or anything. But the movie underneath is so bad. There's it's just not that great of a story. It's very convoluted for no real reason other than the fact that there are just eighteen characters that you just yeah, have it's to because balance. It's because there's no main character. Maybe you could maybe argue, you know, Usnavi, which is oh my Jesus Christ. Fuck. I just hate the goddamn story behind the name. I hate everything about that. I'm like, no. Yep. No one is that fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, so just to start out and just the character motivations, I think, are so all over the place. And that's really the balancing act that I'm I'm talking about that they I don't think are successful with. I think that's almost impossible to balance that many characters in a regular movie. So when you have a movie that's going into musical tangents half the time. And then I have to care about this plot in the background. Exactly, it's in, bro, exactly. it's insane how much I can't care because I'm too kind of, kind of overloaded. Whether it be you know, oh, is this song good? Oh, is this guy rapping well? Are these beats produced well? You know, these set pieces, the scenery, and then oh, I have to care about this. Uh, yeah, the choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I have to care about the. Uh, uh, I, I don't remember the character's name. The dreamer kid's dad being a deadbeat. That was, Mark Anthony. Was that really him? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Man, that was I Mark knew he Anthony. <laughs> yeah, he looks great, doesn't he? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I assume the movie did a little movie. Oh yeah, magic. I'm sure. I'm sure they did a little um, bit of movie magic. I'm sure. I'm sure they did some stuff. And then uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's character didn't care about that. Fuck at all. off, dude. Dumb. Why were you in the movie? Why was that character in the movie? Was that comedic relief or was it like uh I wanted of... a part 2. I want to give myself a little bit of an extra, you know, little, little extra slice on top, you know what I'm saying? A little cherry on top. Yeah. That's going to put my kid <laughs> yeah. through another year of Harvard. Even even if you talk about just Lin Manuel Miranda being in it, I think just the character itself doesn't have any part in it. No, no, no. The character is completely useless fucking like for one scene, I would have been like, that's fine. Yep. You know, like that very first scene where he's walking around pushing the cart and just has like a line in the song. Whatever, man. Kudos to you. 
He gets a whole to song. have a whole second number, you know, where you're pushed around the fucking cart and you're mad at Mr. Frosty. Dude, everybody fucking loves Mr. Frosty. You're corny fucking snow cone guy no one likes that guy no one likes that guy because that shit tastes like trash it's fucking syrup it's true like it's true it's bad then just a lot of the plot any of the plot that i felt was sort of uh was concrete enough for me to latch onto was so cliche and contrived uh, just the whole lottery ticket thing i don't know man i, I don't Dude, know what every... this movie was doing unfortunately I still don't rate it that low. Like, my problem with this movie was that this is just a fucking, like, Frankenstein's monster version of every movie you've ever watched with a very bland story. Yeah. Just fucking Frankenstein good. into yeah. one thing. <laughs> Honestly, um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, it was like, it was a live-action Disney movie, and I think he's just so used to fucking scoring those things. Doing the Disney thing, right? Like, whereas, I suppose with Hamilton, you know, he took seven or eight years. There was like a historical framework that based this. I feel like this is, and maybe it's a product of it actually being an adaptation. I wonder if it's better on stage. I'm sure it can't be worse on stage. There's no way it's worse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, everything just felt so like watered down and bland. It felt like literally just lacked any kind of real, like, as a Hispanic American. Son of I, I people was, who fucking I was wondering if this, was, if this was like, going for you or, you know, getting actually, it done. So like, well, and, th and there were aspects of the Spanish part that felt authentic and, like, there were little jabs, like, when they go to the, um, uh, it's like nail and hair salon thing that the, you know, yeah. corner store that all the girls hang out at. Yeah. Um, and she's going there for the first time and they all see she's back and they're like, oh, Oh, you know, tell us all about school. Tell us all about school. And they're basically just like asking her who she's fucking, how she's fucking. Uh, and they're, you know, they're calling her Susia and they're calling her fucking Cabrona. And they're just like, they're calling her a bitch. They're calling her a slut. They're calling her dirty. But it's only in Spanish and everything else is like this light up beat number. And they're just like asking how she is. Thank you. Uh, and she, it's just like outside of those little moments, these little like side Spanish jabs. These were just people with accents. And then and then there was the random family dinner table story about, like, I was searched and harassed at school out in California because yeah. white people. I'm like, <laughs> maybe? I mean, I'm, I'm sure little slights like that happen. I'm sure that's a very real thing that could have happened to you. But I'm like, you quit school because on the first day someone was racist to you? Like, in your 20 years of life, 18 years of life, no one had ever been racist to you up until that point. Like, you grew up in New York City. I'm sure from fucking day one, people were saying shit. You just, like, I've never met a New Yorker who was as soft as all the fucking people in these movies. So it just felt, again, it felt, like, Disney-fied in that way. Um, and again, there were Hispanic elements to it, but I was like, this, it felt like he made a movie about people in the 80s and set it in modern day. Yeah, that, that I'm like modern yeah. day Hispanic people are not this way, you know. I mean, not not to say they're not that way. Like, there's the very familial aspects to it. Like, there's the very like, you know, my parents were immigrants and they had a dollar in their pocket when they came here, or you know, the children of those children are like, oh, well, my dad had to work so hard because he was the first one to really get a real job in this country, and blah blah blah, and we don't have to clean bathrooms all day. I'm like, those are very real stories, but. Give me a fucking break about some of this. Like moving back to the Dominican Republic, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, anyone from the Dominican Republic will tell you, like, 
not that this nation doesn't have serious issues, but like, get out of here with, oh, New York's fucking too expensive. It's hard to get a job, and I don't like it here. I want to work on a fucking banana stand. Like, no, you don't. No, you absolutely <laughs> don't. No, you fucking don't. You son of a bitch. Yeah, hey, uh, Dominican Republic's so awesome that he stayed just for a girlfriend that he wasn't dating. You know, really, True. it was so good. Uh, I, I, I just don't know what this movie was doing or what it was. Uh, I, I just felt like there was. Oh yeah, well, at the end of the day, what was the point? Yeah, there was an incredible lack of point. You know, I, I'm not saying every movie needs to blow my brains out, but. <laughs> this movie made me want to blow my brains yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it needs to do something other than just be a very copy paste musical uh, with with some mind you some different elements, I guess, but not enough to change it around. Like okay, like like last week, uh, Luca and you know seeing the Italian Riviera, all that stuff that like brought something unique to the table while not you know, detracting or really, uh, you know, it wasn't inhibiting the movie in any way, but this, it just felt like it was kind of tacked on in a weird way. Um, even though, sure. I, even though it probably wasn't, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I doubt Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, is just tacking on well, the, heritage stuff, but. Well, yeah, the whole thing is uh, the, uh, how long has the musical even been out? But for a while, I would assume. Yeah. Five years, six years or something. It, it was years. It's definitely, I think it's been years. Um, and yeah, I mean, and this is clearly just like, you know, he just copy-pasted it in screenplay format, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did you notice, or not notice, but the scene where he's flirting with the girl in the shop, and he's just laughing, and it's quote-unquote flirting, but then she says something, and he just, like, laughs again? Um, I don't Wait, say that again? There's a scene where they're flirting, the main character, Usnavi, and the, the woman he likes. Okay. And they're in the Designer gas station, wedding. and they're quote unquote flirting, like he had Porn just store, bro. It's not a gas station. Okay, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Convenience store, Mart. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're flirting, and he's literally just laughing. And then uh, there might be a joke, but then he just like laughs again. And it was just one of the worst and most painful quote unquote flirting scenes I've ever watched. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, oh, the ending. Can I talk about the ending? That's one of my least favorite endings in a long time. Yes, one sec. 2005 is when In, in the Heights oh, came Oh, he's had that much time to work on this. Okay. <laughs> yep. This is what we got. All right. Yeah, that uh, that ending was... I don't know. I don't know. Big twist? Out. The big twist? The that was the biggest cop out. No, you can't the, call that a the twist. Muse you're not allowed to call that a twist. Like uh, that was that was a very uh, bottom of the barrel Shyamalan thing. You know, he he wouldn't well, even do that now. Um, well, I'm curious, how would that look on, you know, on stage in the theater? Like, you think they make the scene look like they're really at the beach, I would and then they so. make it look like he's at the store at the beach at the end? Like, I'd assume so. I don't know. I really don't care for that quote-unquote twist uh that is not how you do twists that is a twist that adds nothing to the story and or, somehow takes or how away about from when the they, story did, did they try to make it seem like we didn't fucking know that those kids were her and his kids no because she like, said daddy why don't you ask your i know but she said why don't no 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 that it was her and his kids not just his kids 
because she was like, she goes, Daddy, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask your mom? And then the camera goes, whoop, big yeah. reveal. It's her. And I'm like, no shit. It's the only girl he's been interested in this whole movie. <laughs> like, I assumed it wasn't just some random fucking Dominican woman on the beach. Like, I think I would have respected the movie if it were, or if it was something like that. <laughs> if it was just a completely different character, I would have been like, oh, shit, what a twist. But nope, nope. It ends exactly how you think. Um, or like when Abuela dies, like, cool. I just, I guess, like, I just didn't care. And then, oh, his life no, I, like, around, I, and then did it. Was I was like, oh shit, it's gonna be really sad. And like, I don't mind crying during a movie if it's sad. I didn't cry, and I was like, hmm. I cried it way less. Like, I just, yeah. how am I this unattached? Like, I, like it just, it refused to give me time with anyone. And instead, spread it so thin between eighteen people that none of the stories I cared about at all. So yeah, I don't know. Not my movie, Just... unless you're really big into musicals or really big nope. little into nope. Miranda. Nope. That it's that. That's what's going to make this movie do super well. It's people off the back of Hamilton who swear that he's a musical fucking genius and can do no wrong, and they're gonna be like, "This is like one of the best movies I've ever seen." And like, bro, like I know a Hispanic person, and like that shit. Ooh, man, I. I called my best friend that day and I was like, Ricky, like, I love you, bro. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of fucking like woke white shit that's going to happen after um, this one. Also, just, just, just a really quick weird point that I, I don't tend to do. Um, mm-hmm, but this, mm-hmm. mo- this movie had, I'd say it had a good number of female leads and woman characters, female characters, right? Does Definitely it, has way more women characters than male characters. Does it pass the three. sexism test? Where, no, of like three unique women no, having a conversation a, a, with a woman another has woman. To have a conversation with another woman, not Without about a man. Talking about a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. I don't think. I don't think this movie does because, like, halfway through the movie, it was weird how every single conversation was with Nina or with the other main uh, woman uh, protagonist, main whatever main character. It was just it was just all about the boys. It was always about was either about one man. of their guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, how's Usnavi? Oh, what are you doing with Usnavi? Oh, this, what that, whole, this. Oh. It was a whole scene where every woman in the fucking corner or the the salon. hair salon uh, was only interested in her having sex in college. Exactly. I don't think I don't think this holds up at all. They even had a grandmother character, and I don't think this holds up. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Uh, mm. There was one scene. It was the granddaughter and, you know, quote-unquote granddaughter yeah, yeah. and the grandmother uh, talking about the little handkerchiefs. Oh, crap. The napkins. Whatever. That That's one barely scene. passing. Yeah. And, and that just means the grandma isn't a real character. Yeah. That's all that means. That's barely passing. Uh, I, yeah, I just thought it was weird. You know, usually I don't tend to do that because... I don't know. There's usually not half the cast usually isn't female or, you know, vice versa or whatever. Uh, usually a movie passes the sexism test is the real point. <laughs> you know, like if it has this many female characters, it usually passes. I don't think this did. Uh, yeah. This movie overstayed. It's welcome for me. It was uh, way too long. Yeah, it was long. I was it over was it long. about an hour and a half in. I, I checked out. I was just, I was checked out mentally. I, I don't think I could, enjoy it thoroughly uh i i watch it in two two sittings which i rarely do so oh i watched it one sitting i watched it last night and again unfortunately nothing was egregious to me i was just like 
not even I want my time back, but never will I think about this thing again yeah. unless someone's talking to me about Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he did that piece of shit thing, like, not that long ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, I might have not hated uh, some of the things in this movie, but I don't like shit. <laughs> I don't think I liked anything in this movie. Uh, hold on, I, I need to give credit where credit's due. Their costume designer, pretty good. I really liked all their costumes. The uh, the color palette's really nice when it came to uh, just the yeah, sets the scenes, and the, everything around uh, the movie. Maybe less so the big musical numbers when there was like you know a ton of real like main cast. Oh. Well, well, just like main cast. I mean, there's always gonna be background dancers and shit, but when main cast was on screen, those felt fine like choreographed okay you know like the big flag number i was like i'm not upset by any of this but it's not good but like when it's just one or two in an intimate thing like the walking on the wall thing um or the grandma when she's dying and she's like in the train station talking about back home in cuba and like everyone who's on the train like changes clothes you know and like looks like 19 fucking 30s cuban um and that whole scene and like the pole transforms into this like beam of light that she's holding on to like there's a bunch of real cool like directorial decisions slash cinematographic decisions but sure even some of the choreographing i guess like the dance numbers like when they're at the club like they were okay but again nothing blew my mind nothing was like super revolutionary and again the one scene that you even credited for being pretty cool and walking on the wall i was like la la land did that shit like four years ago bro like and it was a better musical so i don't know what you want from me (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You want to give this a score? Because I don't really have much else to say about this movie. I would give this is like exactly what I would consider like middle of the road, which should be a five, but it's actually like a six. Yeah, weighted. Uh, um, so yeah. yeah, I'm at a five. So yeah, because again, it didn't do anything egregious, which is what would make me lower it. But then again, yeah, yeah, because Gold Link was egregious and it was like a four. I'm so. not a musical person, so maybe it's a six. Maybe maybe that's a. Uh... Oh, the La La Land? <laughs> no. I mean, La La Land, like, I enjoyed, like, it was but, a movie. But what'd you give La La Land? You gave it a six, I probably. It, no, I gave it, like, a seven or eight. I, I enjoyed watching the movie. I didn't love it. Uh, you know. You sure about that? Pretty sure. I mean, I, I, I will look up your answer right now. We we'll can go out. back. We can definitely go back. Uh, I'll do it later if you want. No, I mean, not literally right this second. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Five, six, where do you want to put it? I would say six, for sure. Okay, I, I guess. I guess we'll give it a six. Uh, <laughs> yeah, six out of ten. And uh, want to say anything else before we're out of here? That's pretty much it. Don't watch it. Don't listen to this album. Uh, just listen to this podcast and you'll get all that you need. Save you the time. Save you the what three hours of trouble that you have had to gone through. Okay, this has been episode 36 of The Worst Critics. And like always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we'll see you next week when we review Marvel Cinematic Universe first, Black Widow, and her's new album, Black... Sorry, Back of My Mind. (laughs) Hey, Black Widow, not my fault. Back of My Mind by her. Mm -hmm. We'll see you Mm -hmm. next week on episode 37 of The Worst Critics. We're out of here.